Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very accomplished professional from Mumbai, India, Mr. Raja Ganpati. Raja, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Ashutosh. Uh, privileged to be here. Thank you. Uh, Raja is the founding partner of Spring Marketing Capital. So, Raja, before we talk about Spring Marketing Capital, tell me about your own journey that has led to the formation of Spring Marketing Capital. Uh, yeah, Ashutosh. So, I, I've always found this a little strange to narrate because most career arcs, I think, follow some kind of a pattern or some kind of a arc. And mine has actually been uh, very, very disruptive. Um, I began my career with Ogilvy um, after college. I spent 10 years in the Ogilvy group in various roles. Mm -hmm. uh, my first experience of marketing was, um, you know, uh, at the place where many of us have learned marketing, which is Unilever. I worked on Unilever brands for five years, uh, then ended up working with a mixture of Indian and multinational companies over the balance of my tenure. Mm. Um, post my stint in uh, Ogilvy, I joined um, Deutsche Bank, which was, I think, my first U-turn. Uh, Deutsche Bank was launching retail in India in 05, and I joined them as CMO. Uh, it was a very unique experience because Deutsche was like a startup with deep pockets. Mm -hmm. uh, so they built the bank ground zero up. I was one of 20 founding members of the bank. Mm -hmm. Uh, we built, we launched liabilities, then assets, then credit cards, business banking, private wealth management um, during a very hectic three-year period. Um, mm. I was CMO during that process. Uh, then I took my second and most dramatic U-turn. I went and joined Sequoia Capital. Okay. Um, I have to confess, when I first got the headhunters call, I had never heard of Sequoia in my life. Mm -hmm. um, this is 2008. It's still very early days for venture capital in India. Um, you know, and um, it, it, I had to Google to find out what kind of a company Sequoia was. Mm. Um, worked there for 10 and a half years, probably the most defining mm -hmm. um, stint of my career. And in some ways, uh, the work I did in Sequoia kind of brought all my experiences together and became a platform for me to leap from and start Spring. Uh, and yeah, that's that's my story so far. Fantastic. And now tell me a little bit about Spring Capital. And yeah. what is the kind of investments you make? Yeah, so we call ourselves actually Spring Marketing Capital. Marketing mm -hmm. Capital is a term that we invented because um, there is nothing uh, there's nothing like what we do anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. What we want to become is really an investor in the brands of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, so we want Spring Marketing Capital to be the preferred investor of choice for founders who are building brands. Mm -hmm. Um and we feel that our approach is not capital first, which is a typical venture capital approach. Our approach is brand first. Right. Um, we have two funds. Our first is a 150 crore fund, which is uh, uh, which is now about 65% deployed. We made mm -hmm. nine investments from that fund. Mm -hmm. uh, companies that you may be familiar with in that fund include Purple, yeah. uh, Mosaic Wellness, JAR, Leverage Education, uh, some of the companies we are already investors in. Mm. Uh, that model, uh, we invest typically at a Series B when the company has already achieved product market fit. Mm -hmm. um, and we typically co-invest with a VC or a, or come in after a VC. Okay. We offer our brand marketing advisory as part of our investment. Mm. So our reason to come into the company is, like I said, brand first. Um, 
this now has been a five-year journey. This year, we have launched a second product. I won't call it a second fund. It's a different product. Mm -hmm. We call it Early Spring. Uh, this is a 300 crore fund that is um, investing behind early stage seed to pre-series A consumer companies. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw a big opportunity here. Com uh, founders who are building uh, consumer businesses wanted someone like us in an advisory capacity early on in their journey. Mm -hmm. uh, the quality of entrepreneurs has dramatically improved in the last decade. Yeah. Uh, we see more and more uh, operators with significant professional experience stepping out and starting companies. Mm -hmm. And uh, the consumer story is too well known for me to report Absolutely. here. Absolutely. So that's that's the second fund. This fund is backed by Godrej <clears throat> and Sipla mm -hmm. uh, and Manipal, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have some very, very strong strategic intelli intelligence sitting in the fund. Mm -hmm. uh, we made our first investment and are about to make our second investment uh, this month. Yeah, that's, that's our journey so far. And with the kind of knowledge that you have, more power to all the startups that you are investing in, whether it is pre-seed or whether it is uh, Series B. Uh, so my next question to you is that, you know, when I was reading about you, I was fascinated by a term that you use, which is skin in the game marketing. Help me understand this concept and its importance in building brands. Yeah. So I, in fact, uh, it's, it's pretty strange you asked me that because uh, um, uh, me and my two co-founders, Aruna here and Vineet Gupta, uh, we formed a group between the three of us in 2018 when we were starting the process of dreaming up spring. And that group is called Skin in the Game. I see. Uh, okay. Even today, you know, it's not changed. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason is because I think one of the biggest challenges we saw, Ashutosh, in marketing is that the traditional marketing company or advertising agency is actually aligned to the wrong side of the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. uh, they, unfortunately, their business model is predicated on budgets. Mm -hmm. So, you know, typically, if, if you are the CEO of a company or the CMO of a company and you meet an advertising agency, be very honest, and I've been in that position, Mm -hmm. uh, the, they, all they're doing is trying to sniff out how much money you have mm -hmm. because their their business is, being, is dependent on the budget. So they are, like I said, aligned on the wrong side of the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. And to us, this what it does is it creates misalignment mm -hmm. between a founder's priorities and the agency's priorities. Mm -hmm. Now, I think this is a model that was built for large companies like Unilever, which have a significant brand marketing team, which takes care of the interests of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, but this model doesn't work for a young startup where the founder has fundamental, you know, 101 questions on where should I spend money? Should I spend money at all? Uh, what kind of initiative should I do offline versus online? And the problem is you're never sure of the advice you're getting from the other side mm -hmm. uh, because, because there is a certain transactional element to that advice. Mm -hmm. Our model by investing in companies and offering advice tries to take care of this misalignment. And that's why we call it skin in the game because we are not only putting capital in the company, but we are also offering our marketing expertise well as said. part of the investment. Well said. And that's such an important component coming in from an investor. Thank you. My next question is that based on all the investments that you've made, all the collective knowledge all you co-founders have, what in your view are some of the common mistakes a lot of founders make when it comes to their brands and marketing? Yeah, actually our model is built around this. Um, we, we, we see two kinds of mistakes that happen in the startup space over my last two decades of experience working with founders. Mm -hmm. The first mistake is that brand lacks business. Mm -hmm. And this is actually one of the most common mistakes 
um, that tend to happen. What happens is the business gets built. Um, the company is, and I you know I, I said mistake, but I should probably take it back. I think this is a most common occurrence. Hmm. And it happens because the founder is pretty focused on the right aspects of the business, which is, you know, product, pricing, distribution, hmm. um, customer acquisition, and so on. But a time comes when you, you cannot push the product anymore. Hmm. You need a, a swell to come in with enough number of people buying into your franchise. Mm. That is really the fundamental purpose of a brand mm. is to achieve pull versus, uh, you know, versus push. Very interesting. And I think that is, um, you know, mistake is a harsh word because this is just how the startup's journey goes. Mm. But this is an easier place to be in. When mm. brand lags business, it is people like us who can step up and help the founder. Mm. The second problem is a bigger problem. Mm. That's probably the real mistake, mm -hmm. which is that business lacks brand. So I have seen cases where founders pay disproportionate importance to the brand at a very early stage in the journey. Right. And um, that tends to become, you know, that tends to become counterproductive uh, because the business has not yet been built and that becomes a challenge for the company. So mm -hmm. I think these are the two common uh, and whenever we interact with a young new company, I think this is what we're trying to sense, you know, where yeah. does this company fall? Is it brand lagging business or is it business lagging brand? Amazing. Amazing. And how do you assess the unique marketing needs of different industries that your, uh, you know, investee companies are in? I think the single biggest advantage we have, in my opinion, is our ability to connect the dots. So mm -hmm. between like for the three co-founders, mm -hmm. we have 50 plus years of experience. I think I underball that. 60 plus years of experience mm -hmm. uh, between the three of us. And mm -hmm. then we have a team of 30 plus brand professionals mm -hmm. who all come from different parts of the marketing spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, our investment model, because it's unique, because it's brand first, mm. um, actually, when we start engaging with a company, two parallel tracks start. The investment team starts looking at the company from a, what I would call a traditional venture capital lens, you know, which is market size. Uh, we make expert calls. We try to understand the business. We look for comparables. We look at the unit economics. Um, we look at how customers are reacting to the product. And that's what any VC would do from an investment lens. Mm. But we add a brand track to it where our brand team also gets involved with the founder and the management team mm. to understand, if I may put it loosely, the strength of the product consumer brand relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that adds a layer of um, understanding on that business to our investment decision, uh, which makes us a little bit unique. We do not invest until the investment and the brand tracks coincide. Mm -hmm. There have been occasions when the brand team has pushed the investment team back. Uh, saying you may be excited about this business, but the challenge of building a brand in this space is much larger than you think, mm. or there is an inherent problem within this company in terms of brand building. Mm. Similarly, the investment team has many times pushed the brand team back saying, you may be very excited about the potential of building a brand, but there are some fundamental issues in the subcategory that this company is mm. chasing where a long-term sustainable business cannot be built. And I think balancing these two sides of the equation Mm -hmm. uh, makes our perspective on the company uh, fully holistic mm -hmm. uh, for the kind of investments that we make. Fascinating. And therefore, a follow-up question for you is that what, in your view, is are some of the key ingredients for a successful partnership between a founder and a marketing expert from Spring Marketing Capital? Uh, I think first is uh, humility on both sides. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, whenever I have worked as a consultant from different organizations coming into companies earlier in advertising, then at Sequoia Capital. Mm -hmm. And I think the best relations are built on a, on a foundation of humility on both sides, you know, mm -hmm. humility from us to know that founders are, I mean, they're the reason I threw my career and came here to build this is an immense admiration for the way founders look at opportunities. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's something very special about how founders get to build companies, um, how the way the perspective they have, uh, some of them have complete lack of rear view thinking. Uh, that's how they are able to be a lot more fearless and a lot more risk taking. Mm -hmm. so I think this, you know, not walk in as an expert. In fact, uh, you know, we try not to use the word because genuinely we are not experts. We just have a bit more experience than the average person on the world of brands and marketing. Mm -hmm. And all we can do is actually share our learnings and insights um, mm -hmm. and, and try and connect the dots. Say, you know what, we've seen this similar situation in a different company five years back. And this is how they tackled it. Um, so we are just building a knowledge bank and we are offering an access to founders towards that knowledge and experience bank. We're very, very honest. Mm. And I think there has to be humility on the founder's side because many founders, especially in India, have never built a consumer business before. And they're doing it for the first time. Mm. They may be phen phenomenal operators. They may be super smart at what they do. And each of them has a superpower. Mm. You know, somebody is exceptionally good at supply chain management, warehousing, backend. Somebody is exceptionally good at product. Mm. Somebody, you know, they, obviously they are holistic, but their superpower comes from one of these places. Mm. There are cases where we meet a founder and I say, look, you know what? You are capable of doing this on your own. You mm. don't need us. Mm. You know, and that happens when the founder is very, very sharp from a brand and marketing perspective. Mm. Um, they have the smarts. They have been there, done that before. And they may not need a spring. And that's perfectly okay. I mean, we are not relevant to everybody in this world. And I think that's the one quality that makes for a great relationship overall. Maybe not just between the founder and us, but maybe all kinds of relationships. Mm. I think the foundation has to be humility. What a great response. I love your first comment that humility is necessary from both sides and very powerful uh, observation. Thank you. My next question, Raja, is that how do you approach long-term brand building in an age of rapid digital transformation and short-term attention spans? Uh, that's, a, that's, I think, the toughest challenge of our days. Right. And, uh, you know, um, I think you and I both will remember this whole thing about, oh, this campaign ran for 10 years. No. <laughs> and this brand ambassador has been longest serving brand ambassador on this company and so Correct. on. You're absolutely right. It's the task for marketers has become way more difficult. But I will also tell you, Ashutosh, that I feel that marketers are a bit of a, have been lagging behind consumers. Mm -hmm. I think the real inspiration we have to take is from consumers. Mm -hmm. Consumers have leapfrogged all of us in the way they interact with content, in the way they consume content, right. in the way they engage with brands. Right. We've, we've been a little behind in this process as marketers mm. and we are now running to catch up. And I feel that, I feel that, you know, the best thing to do is really learn from consumers. I was um, at a snap conference recently and it was stunning to see the inside bank that a company like Snapchat has on young people, mm. you know, and it's fascinating to see the way youngsters are adopting con content, sometimes a bit scary as well. Today morning, a friend of mine sent me a video of his niece who's calling herself a YouTuber. She's probably five or six years old. Amazing. 
And she's created a video of her walking through the house, describing her house. Mm. And she says, please subscribe to my channel. I mean, it's, look, is this the right thing? I have no idea. Mm. Uh, but I think, is this what the world is changing into? Yes, it's becoming more interactive. It's becoming more now, more today. Right. So to answer your question from a, from a spring perspective, I think one of the biggest things we've kept in mind Mm. is never to approach a marketing problem solution first. Correct. But to look at it from a problem first kind of approach. Not mm. that we always succeed, uh, but we try our best. Because when you go solution first, you know, you have this tendency to walk up to the solution, which you are very good at. Mm. You know, for example, the traditional thing of saying, oh, I am fantastic at creating TV campaigns. And your problem can be solved if you do a TV campaign. Or if I'm very good at digital marketing and so on. I think the the ability to, you know, just pull yourself back a little bit, look at the problem holistically. And sometimes the problem to the, the solution to the problem is probably UI UX for your, all your digital assets. Mm. Sometimes it is creating a web series, for example. Mm. Sometimes it's creating a TV campaign. Sometimes it's looking at your core proposition and figuring out a better go-to-market. Mm. And in our five years as spring, we've done all of this at different points of time. In some cases, you know, we've told the company, don't spend any money. Let's first do a digital audit. Let's clean up the assets before you actually spend a single dollar. We asked them to suspend marketing mm -hmm. for about three months till, till the cleanup happened. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, you know, that's the only way to solve this. Because like I said, this is a very evolving, dynamic world we live in. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to be agile, but we also have to be considered. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I can go on. This is a very, no, no, no. I try to keep it concise. Thank you. My next question is that what role in your view does data analytics and consumer insights play uh, when it comes to marketing strategies and how do you support founders? Yeah, so because of the space that we have chosen for ourselves, we tend to work with companies who have all the data. Okay. Uh, my belief is that most of the companies we work with, almost all, with very few exceptions, are actually data monsters. Mm -hmm. They know everything. The, right. their, their dashboards are stunning. I think, you know, early on in this journey, we actually considered saying, hey, should we build a data analytics wing of our own? Should mm -hmm. we go and acquire a company of young, smart engineers who could help us analyze data? And we realized that at least at this point of time, it would be superfluous mm -hmm. because our founders have this engine built into their companies. Mm. I think the help we can provide them is ask the right questions. Mm. And that's been a big learning for me that sometimes you have all the data lying on the table, mm. but you don't know which question to ask. And depending on the nature of the question is where the particular consumer insight comes out, which can help you build a brand or a proposition. Mm. Our job is to ask the right questions our founders have all the answers inside the company. Well, that just shows your own humility, which you spoke about a few minutes ago. Thank you. I have time for two more questions, Raja. My next question is that, can you talk about the importance of ethical marketing practices and brand reputation in today's business landscape? Um, I think, uh, again, very valid, very relevant, very uh, important question today. It's mm. something that's also evolving. I think as someone who's been in the marketing business for the last 30 years, this mm -hmm. is something that we are also learning from. And I believe that um, ethical marketing can only be practiced by people who are ethical themselves. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what's happened is the whole business of ethical marketing and brand reputation has become slightly superficial because it is being used as a method of brand building. Mm 
I don't think it's a matter of brand building. Mm. I think every brand needs to be ethical at its core. We okay. need to be gender neutral. We need to be supportive of minorities. We need to use the right language. Uh, we need to be in tune with the world today. We need mm. to keep mental wellness in mind. Mm. Um, and I think that's who we should be as a product, as a as a business. An unethical business cannot become an ethical marketer. Mm -hmm. And I think at the fundamental level, as human beings, we have to be ethical. Right. The problem is many brands, you know, for example, they put out campaigns uh, which promote some kind of a cause. Mm. But then you look at it and say, my God, you're a sugar drink. Mm. Like you're actually spoiling the health of people. How can you ever be ethical? Right. So at least be authentic. At least be true to yourself. Right. Um, and, you know, if you're a cigarette, Come on. I mean, uh, there's enough evidence, scientific evidence in the world to say that cigarette come, cigarettes do cause harm. Then be just very true to who you are. Mm. Um, be clear about the product that you're selling to a company. Right. I just speak to a, to a consumer. Yeah. Um, and I think that's my view. I think this whole ethical consumer uh, brand marketing space mm. firstly needs ethical human beings building ethical products and businesses. And right. if that happens, everything else automatically falls in place. Very well said. And my last question to you, Raja, and this is uh, for someone who's been in marketing, as you said, for 30 years, and I was now supporting so many other companies. What, in your view, are some of the key trends and emerging technologies that you believe will shape the future of marketing? So I think one of the biggest challenges for all marketers is AI. Correct. And uh, we don't understand it. Um, that's the honest truth. Um, we are grappling with it. Um, I think the uses of chat GPT that you see being flashed on social media um, is just very fun, casual gaming type use usages. And I think how AI is going to shape, it worries me a lot. I'm pretty scared of it mm. uh, because I don't understand it. I don't, I don't yet know. And I think it will only play out in the coming years. It's inevitable. It's a part of our world. Every company is actually using AI in some form or the other. Uh, but as we move into a more open AI type world, um, I think understanding how this technology is going to be playing a role um, is something we'll have to wait and watch. I somehow feel just as what happened with development of social media platforms, mm -hmm. I think consumers will again show us the way. Mm -hmm. I think consumers, the way they interact with uh, brands mm -hmm. is going to fundamentally change uh, once all these new machine learning tools kick in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we can only learn from there. Uh, yeah. We can see how consumers view this new world and how they interact with it and make sure that we shape our brands accordingly. Mm -hmm. uh, but it does worry me a little bit because it's too early in the day um, and we still don't know enough. Very well said. Raja, great response. And on that note, uh, thank you so much for speaking to me about your own amazing journey. Thank you for speaking to me about Spring Marketing Capital. I think what you are giving in terms of knowledge and funds to so many startup entrepreneurs is going to be invaluable as you look back and see so many major marketing companies coming up in the next so many years. Thank you for speaking to me about so many different aspects of what goes into building a brand and how you support founders. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashutosh, for having me and giving Spring a voice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. 
do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.